With the return of the NBA season coming fast, The Athletic has launched The Athletic NBA Show, a daily podcast combining some of your favorite basketball voices under one umbrella. David Aldridge, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, Zach Harper, Sam Amick, Waslam Bray, Dave DeFore, Fred Katz, Jay King, all of the greatest names that you follow. It's full spectrum, NBA consumption, something for everybody. Everyday features a new show covering everything from the insider news to cultural issues and deep dives into in-game analytics. These are produced by Jade Hoy. So before things tip off later this month, make sure you subscribe to the Athletics NBA Show. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today, as always, is my good friend, McKelly. Barra McKelly, what's up? It's glad to be back on Monday. Feels right. Last yes. week last week just felt so wrong. Well, we made it through, so <laughs> no harm. <laughs> we made it through, just like New Orleans well, is going to make it through his ankle sprain. He sprained his ankle in this like mini training camp. And so he didn't participate with the team yesterday. Uh, what, are, what are the ramifications of this? Probably nothing, but it does open up playing time for uh, certain guys on the team. Who, who would those players be that you would open up playing time for? Well, I think that maybe before Noel's injury, you, you had to decide which player you want to play it for, like Dre or Baisley. Now there is probably time for both. Um, you may seen you may see an increase of Mike Muscala's minutes because he, <clears throat> I think he, lineups with Muscala gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of spacing and stuff like that. So um, probably Dre will be the one who benefits the most uh, from this situation. I'm not sure how serious uh, the injury is, um, but if it's just a couple of games, at least Ray has the possibility to to play a little bit more at the beginning without really um, changing the, the ideal rotations for Billy. Because I, I do think that when <clears throat> the playoffs uh, will start, Noel will have a big, big impact off the bench if he's able to uh, to to be back fully, hundred uh, percent by by the time the first round starts. But mm. I I think that is the uh, the idea. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't think that they will rush him back yeah. because there is really no need. Yeah. No. I think that that's that would be the plan, and he may may even be able to play uh, in these seeding games too. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't see it as a big deal. The Thunder don't see it as a big deal, but they are just being overly cautious, especially in this setting with players. So uh, another thing that Billy talked about that was pretty interesting was just about Baisley and his flexibility as a player. And he says he thinks he's going to play some center at the NBA level, which I thought was was pretty interesting. And that he's gonna, obviously he's going to have to get stronger, but... If this is a guy that can flex, really, he's a four, 
But if he can flex between three, four, and five, uh, he's an extremely valuable player. And Billy is already discussing that and thinks that it's a, a possibility relatively soon. That's very, very interesting because it, and this um, also relates to the thing that Muscala said. Uh, I think yesterday or um, or Saturday, I don't really remember, about the fact that Baisley may be even better than him at banging like big guys and defending big guys in the post um, or something like that. Yeah. And, and I think that this is extremely interesting because it adds a new level for Baisley. Uh, when, when the Thunder drafted him, I think the conversation was, is he a three or a four? Not quick enough to play the three, but... It's great to have uh, a 3-4 that can handle a bit and maybe can shoot the ball. Now, if you can talk about a guy that can stay on defense, like they, they can really defend from 3 to 5 in terms of positioning and is able to find a place in, in your offense because he can either spot up in the corner, uh, he can dribble and beat a closeout. He can probably screen. That is something that I want to see a bit more because it wasn't his role um, in the first part of this of this weird season. Uh, if he can do those stuff, then you have an extremely versatile player that you can virtually play in any lineup, and it gives you a lot. Uh, maybe not um, the guy like on offense is not a tree, that for sure. But again, I I remember uh, more than one possession, like a lot of possessions where we was. Um, he, he had to play against guys like Paul George, and he wasn't comically bad, which he, for a rookie, this is a huge win. And in some possession, he was actually pretty good moving his feet. So again, if you keep this versatility on defense and, and on offense, you can play two positions, that's, that's something. That is really something that OKC never had before. Well, with the, except, with the real, with the clear exception of KD, who was able to do like yeah. everything on the court. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've developed a guy that's not too dissimilar from from Baisley and Jeremy Grant. I mean, when they traded for Jeremy Grant, the all, one of the talking points was that he was a three. He was Robertson's replacement. Yeah. A lot of people thought that. And then he played backup five. So I think yeah, that, defensively yes, but offensively, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Basley has the, the shot creation and the like the creation part. He's got the he's got feel for the game that Jeremy exactly will never have. Yeah, Jeremy's way more mechanical. Jer- Jeremy's maybe more he's straight line drive. If he's going to the basket, a straight line drive, and he could do some weird things once he got there, but there's not a lot of skill level there. But uh, Basley is a. Uh, Potentially a point forward type of player, which yeah. which Jeremy would have never been. That some somehow like the uh, the rehashing of the Jeremy Grant trade has been happening in my timeline. I don't know if you've seen really. That. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. In, yeah. in which like, what's the point? Just like, that, that it was just a bad that, trade. Well, just that he would have been useful on this team. Is the is is how it started, and I replied <laughs> like. Listen, this there's many reasons why this trade was a good one and why the Thunder did it. And it, it starts with you, you get a first-round pick for an expiring contract. You save a boatload of money for the franchise that is 
they're already paying they're going to pay the luxury tax that's going to happen it's a very small small amount but you you can't you can't pay that much over the luxury tax for this team you just can't do it so you get under the tax or you get near the tax you get a first round pick and you open up minutes for Baisley. and plus he's not going to play the minutes that he would have with this team that he did the year before because Gallo's here. So there's yeah. just like a lot of layers there that it just made sense. And it really, and it gives Jeremy an opportunity to go play with a better team. So anyways, not being on a sinking ship. Yeah. Getting out of this sinking ship. Yeah. And question for you. Um, would you pay today a first round pick for Jeremy Grant? If you are like the bucks, I mean, suppose that he has an extra year. Yeah, probably. Like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm not totally sure. He he was okay this year for Denver. Exactly, exactly. I mean, okay, his offense with Russell Westbrook was pretty straightforward. Like, you dribble into a pick and roll or in a transition opportunity. If you are quick enough, you're already in the corner and you get the ball and you shoot it. Um, that was the offense that Terrence Ferguson and Jeremy Grant thrive on yeah. on different time, different times. You put him in a in a more complicated scheme when you where you have a point forward, that, uh, well, not a point center that can hit you with a perfect pocket pass if you cut in the right moment. And boom, Jeremy Grant has not been the same player. Uh, granted, he played a lot in second units, and and maybe he has yet to find his his groove with the team. But still, I mean, you got a first round pick for a guy that will probably command. Well, like all things stay the same. Probably Jeremy Grant commands a salary that is in north of twelve millions, something like that, at yeah. least. Yeah, around. Um, yeah. And and that that you don't want to pay, and that only makes you marginally better this season. Like, if you have Jeremy Grant instead of Darius Baisley, how many wins would that reasonably get you to? Like, two? Maybe? Like, two, three? Yeah. And you want to pay, like, 25 millions for that? Plus having the obligation to, to sign him next season. Because, I mean, if you, the, the point is, there were teams after Jeremy Grant. And so you have to make a decision. Either I pay Jeremy Grant in in July, well, now September, but whatever, or I trade him now. To me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you get a first-round pick for, like, maybe, instead of, like, you leave uh, the, the first-round pick on the table for maybe two wins, no team will do that. Unless that those two wins are the one that put you over the top. Like uh, a team like the Clippers probably was in the same situation at the beginning of the year. There were teams uh, like Atlanta that were probably amenable of trading a first round pick for Harrell. But Harrell is worth maybe two, three wins for the Clippers that are extremely more important than the, the one that Jeremy Grant could, could have, um, like the one for OKC. So mm -hmm. I don't think that is a bad trade. Not now, not when they made it. It's it's a fair price. And again, with the minutes that Gallo is able to play, 
was able to play for this season. I mean, there was simply no room for him. And and now you're you're talking about taking away minutes from Baisley and, and Neros Noel that were okay, not bad. Yeah. So really, the marginal value of having Jeremy Grant this year to me is is very little compared to the value that a pick in the twenty can give you. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week. And while we may not be able to join them at the park, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Pick 10 players, stand to the salary cap, and pile up the points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have your skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Another newsy item, Billy Donovan. If you, if you haven't gotten on the Robertson train yet, which I've, I'm mostly on, I'm kind of like hanging on to the side of the train right now. I'm, the train's moving. I'm on it. I'm not seated yet. But Billy's trying to get everybody seated because he said yesterday on a Zoom call with the media that the encouraging part to me is that he is at the level. Is, is he at the level he was defensively before the injury? No. Can he get there? I believe so. He's still very disruptive. He said you can see when he's out there, he understands when to switch positioning things that are happening before they happen. He is still very disruptive in practice. I think the more that we have these kind of practices, the more it's going to help him. Are you on the wow. train? Are you seated? Because Billy Donovan just just upped it even more. Train's moving faster. I mean, you rarely hear Billy uh, saying stuff like that if there is a chance that those are not happening. Yeah. Like, maybe like things will go south as soon as Dre has a real game. But like for Billy to go that length and saying that basically he's ready to go, um, it's it's incredible. I mean... yeah. Robertson is a very cerebral defender, and and Adams. I remember an interview that may, it may have been Fred or like a couple of years ago, um, when Stephen Adams discussed the, the way in which he partnered uh, partnered with uh, Robertson on defensive end and the communication, the skill that this duo uh, was able to put in the court. Um, like everything that Adams was calling. Ray was executing. And so that chemistry, if it's still there, is so valuable for a team that is still a pretty good defensive team. But maybe like Lou Dort is a pretty disruptive defender, but mm-hmm. you can see that some sometimes he makes the right read and everything goes 
great. But sometimes it's again, uh, some coverage, he, he didn't see a particular play, he didn't study a particular player deeply enough. Like Dre is a veteran and he's a defensive monster in terms of understanding the game and the chemistry with his, with his teammates. And so even if he's able to play, I don't know, seven, 10 minutes, those could be minutes where OKC play great defense and maybe make a, a little run, especially if you have shooting uh, around Dre. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just having one more capable defender on the wing. Yeah. I mean, that would have been very helpful in the last two playoffs for the Thunder. Where oh, yeah. They had Corey Brewer <laughs> trying to defend Donovan Mitchell at times. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they could have really used him. And I think that this team can use him, too. I think there's backup yeah. four minutes to be had. I think there's some backup wing minutes to be had. Obviously, there's backup wing minutes to be had. There's even starting level wing minutes to be had at some level. So it's a, it's a big deal. And if he can honestly get back to where he was, which I'm, I remain skeptical until I can see it with my own two eyes, and Billy has seen it with his eyes, that he thinks it's possible. I haven't seen it. No one else has seen it. When when we can see it against an opponent, I mean, I think that then you can adjust your expectation level a little bit more. Because I do think that Dre could be, if he's back to where he was, he could be worth a win in the playoffs. And this team oh, yeah. in, the, in the first round, I think that they're they're going to be close enough as is to be able to win a first round series. I think Dre could put them over the top. You get get them to round two and he'd be extremely useful against a team like the Clippers or the Lakers oh, yeah. or whoever you're going to play in the second well, round, depending on where you are at seating wise. Every team named the top team in the West. They have LeBron. Well, against the Lakers, he can play LeBron decently. Probably this is the worst matchup for him because he always uh, lacked elite strength. And yeah. so with bulky wings, he is not at his best, even if, I remember um, that in the 2017-18 season um, when we were questioning where Gray was defensively and then OKC was playing Milwaukee and he played probably the best defensive uh, game that anyone played against Giannis. So that is yet to be seen if he's not able to guard LeBron. But then you have um, Houston, like two lead guards. Uh, the Clippers, he can play basically every uh, of their wings. Uh, Utah has Donovan Mitchell. Denver has Jamal Murray. So he can even even play Luka Doncic. So there are all, all the teams in the in the in the West are guard heavy, one way or the other. And so having an extra body um, to play against them, it's it's very very important. I mean, as you just said, imagine if you had like him guarding Donovan Mitchell or him guarding Lillard in the wave um, wave away game uh, in game five last season. Um, we, we know how crucial Robertson can be and yeah. how crucial having your best wing defender with, with five fouls can be in a, in a game six of a, of, of a playoff of series um, can be. So having Dort, Ferguson and, and Robertson is, is a luxury. And I think it gives extreme versatility to OKC in terms of uh, wing, defen- wing defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we've seen Ferguson become unplayable in playoff series. 
We mm-hmm. have, and we we don't know what Dort's going to be like in a playoff series. I in my head, I just think it's impossible that he would ever be unplayable in a, play, in a playoff <laughs> series. But m- most, if not all, first year players get to the playoffs and they're not playable. Yeah, that happens to almost every rookie. I mean, Domas, they didn't play him. The dude's an all-star. Yeah. They didn't play him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wonder if having a guy like Dre, if he can honestly get to where Billy thinks he can get to, that's a guy that's not going to be scared of the moment. The guy's had as much experience in the playoffs as almost anybody in the NBA, even after missing two years. Yeah. So, and yeah. another thing, sorry for interrupting you, that is extremely important is – it's one thing to have Dre on the bench telling you stuff. Another thing is Ludort watching Dre doing stuff on the court on the same play. Like I was guarding uh, Paul George. He was killing me. Now I see Dre, what he does, and he's succeeding. Then I do the same thing. Yeah. It's really important. The visual aspect of defense is extremely important, especially for guys that have that kind of talent that can basically mimic by just looking Yep. at what guys are doing. So that part can be extremely important too. Yeah. Well, I mean, and not only that, I think that guys respect you more when they can see you do it too. And not yeah. that not that these young guys would like be disrespectful to Dre or not respect him, but I think that you know, when you see somebody that's like oh, like, oh like, this, is, this is a real deal. Like he's re- he really knows What's up? Like I can watch him do do these things. Not only is that helping me visually learn how to do it, but it's also I have to listen to everything he says. You know, yeah. I, I do probably most of the stuff he says, but now I'm, I need to do everything he says because this guy's clearly still got it, even yeah. after two years of being out. So uh, it's it just remains to be seen if this can actually happen, but it's not at. at you know, this time it's it's not me trying to pump everybody up about something. It's uh, this is the thunder every time, and I expect to hear, yeah, you know, he had a setback, or he's sitting out today, or he needed rest. It's like uh, no, he continues to participate fully in everything, and apparently they are playing really hard, and wow. Andre is a part of that, which is, you know, like I feel great for Andre. I think it's he's had two pretty awful years and missing out on those teams where you know I he's he knew he could help. He knew he could oh, yeah. help. Oh, and yeah. it's in a huge way. But now hopefully he can get back and play with this team this year uh down in the bubble uh which still is so weird. Like <laughs> this bubble thing is so weird all the news and the players having to leave with Zion leaving, Montrez Harrell leaving, and we'll have, you know, Schroeder leaving at some point in the next few weeks. It's just, it, it's odd, but uh, we'll have games against other teams this week. The Thunder played their first scrimmage this week against the Celtics, which just be prepared for everybody in the world to overanalyze everything that's happening on the court, either good or bad. But uh, yeah, I think you have to take these games with certainly a grain of salt, and even probably the first few or few seeding games with a grain of salt, because I mean, there's going to be some some heavy rust 
uh, not only on the Thunder, but on every team that's that's entered the bubble. So are you saying that the first scrimmage of the season is not really telling of what the season will be? And the fact <laughs> that Peter Patterson was able to hit seven or eight trees was not <laughs> really something that translates to season? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> that's All right. It. Because... because me and you never discussed that episode and never thought that that could be could could be real. Well, no, we did. I did. We did. Uh, yeah, well, we were we excited did. for the two pat era of the Thunder. Yeah, which lasted it, all of like two games. So, I think one. Like the second game was already a disappointment. But yeah. but anyway, um, do we know if if those games will be televised somehow? Like I believe somewhere. it will be, yes. I don't know where, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll try to keep people informed. But I'm not sure. As of wow. 7.05 a.m. on Monday, July 20th. <laughs> not sure. But we are very close to real basketball again. Which is very close. Which feels yeah. very good. Because that means that we don't have to make stuff up to talk about for, for a exactly. while. Hey, fellas. Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining, and it's time to get Manscaped. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That includes an Essential Lawnmower 3.0, that's waterproof, cordless, body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine i own the lawnmower 3.0 and it is a great product i think has a light on it for accurate grooming and it's just a just a really well made product it is great and inside the perfect package you'll find manscapes crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day long. So make sure you use that. And also make sure that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. They're good. I really, I've got some, uh, and I wear them, and they're wonderful. So make sure that you get some too, and go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. What what should we talk uh, just to close this podcast? Do you do you have like other ideas like, like talking about guys' development or anything like that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> wow! So this actually this idea came from Brett Dawson because he on the Dream Team show was just talking about how Shea has gotten better every single off season, and I was and I'd known that, but I'd never really looked at where kind of he came from in these like high school rankings and college rankings and all these things. I'd never really seen them. And you, and you hear like, oh, this guy just continues to just take it up a notch every every summer. Oh, cool. It's great. But I hadn't really looked at where he was ranked like in high school. And so, I mean, just even looking at the teams that recruited or that offered him, 
There wasn't a he didn't get a ton of offers from big name schools. I mean, the biggest schools that offered him were Kentucky and Florida, obviously big programs. But then it's like American University offered him. Bing Hampton, never even heard of it. Middle Tennessee State. Like these are the teams that that are on this list that recruited Shea. He's a four-star recruit according to rivals. And then if you look at the top 100 rankings for ESPN, the class of 2017, you got to scroll to find this guy. You got to scroll down to 35 to find him. Tremont Waters was ranked higher in high school than Shea. His own cousin was ranked higher than him in high school, Nikhil, Mm -hmm. who plays for the Pelicans. He's ranked 21 in ESPN's rankings. I mean, he he came from a spot where he had to climb a lot to get to get to where he wanted to go. And Kentucky, what an amazing choice for them because they're they're obviously they they had a lot of guys in this class. Kevin Knox ranked 10th, you know, in this draft class. PJ Washington ranked 12th in this draft class. Nick Richards, you remember Nick Richards? Yeah, I, I kind of do. But. He's a center, ranked 17th. Yeah, yeah. Jared yeah. Vanderbilt, ranked 19th. He was, of these guys that went to Kentucky that year, he is one, two, three, four, five. He's the sixth guy. Wow. As far it's, as rankings go. It's unbelievable. And then he still wasn't drafted, the first one drafted even after his year that he had and he finished the year great um but then you get to the nba draft and he still goes 11th to charlotte who traded the pick (laughs) they traded him on draft night for miles bridges and two second round picks they didn't know what they had no they, they they clearly didn't uh, and or they didn't want to draft um, a guy like that with Kemba on the roster, yeah. which which would have which, been perfect next to Kemba. Exactly. Perfect exactly. next to Kemba. Exactly. I mean, if if the Hornets called the Thunder and said, hey, Miles Bridges for Shea, the Thunder would just laugh, 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 laugh. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I think there was, I think there was a question a few on Twitter uh, that uh, we were asked about what's what can put like what kind of offer you will listen for Shay. And I mean I don't are think the Mavs calling with Luca. Yeah, it seems <laughs> it seems stupid, but uh, but it's actually like if I trade Shay today, I really need to get either like a sure fire picking the top five next year plus yeah a few, like it, it, i don't think it's enough to be honest with you like after the fact like it's um like zion for ad uh plus the package that that, that, he, that he got that that is probably yeah. something that i would say yes if if you can get number one pick next year yeah probably that that is enough yeah but, but apart from that like Shea is already on a trajectory where he played like a borderline all-star this season. Like 19 points, 
efficient 19 points um, with like a, a solid rebounding season for his position, um, clutch clutchness. Uh, then like he, he was a very very effective player. You put him in the East, he probably is in the conversation with Trey Young for the last spot in the All Star team. Yeah. So we are talking that kind of player. That kind of player, you not always you get it in the top four of a draft. Not always. No. In in some draft, yes. Uh, not probably even, the, even in this next draft. No way. No, in this next draft, it's not a sure thing. Melo, uh, Lamelo, maybe will be a player uh, in the same kind of ballpark of Shea. Maybe. Would you trade Shea I'll, for Lamelo? Of course not. Yeah. That no is way. The, that. That is the ceiling if everything goes well, I think. Yeah. And, and so I, I would not trade him unless, well, I would not trade him, period, because no one will offer the number one pick for Shea. So yeah. it's yeah. it's it's something that simply will not be possible. Uh, like a trade like that is not possible. I, I don't even think that if the Clippers says to the Thunder, let's please, let's rewind. Uh, I think that uh, Royce was saying that. We will just trade Shea for Paul George. I don't think the Thunder would say yes. I yeah. don't think you should say yes. Yeah. Especially if you're going to rebuild. There's no well, way. Well, anyway, like you can say, well, maybe I keep I keep Chris Paul, I get Paul George, I keep Gallo, I keep Adams, and I'll try to, uh, to win the title. Um, it's not far-fetched if you have a team like that. With Schroeder, with, with Basil, with everyone else. Like Playoff P? I, Playoff P, yes. Um, I'm not sure the Thunder would say yes in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm not sure they would either. I think so. I mean, he goes from 35th ranking mm -hmm. to in a year of college to 11th in the draft. Yeah. And still, obviously, you look at the draft and it's laughable that he went 11th. Yeah. Because the guys that went in front of him all the way to Trey Young, Mikhail Bridges, Kevin Knox, Colin Sexton, Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba. And then you have Trey Young. Yeah. Then you get into the range. <clears throat> excuse me. Then you get into the range where you have Trey and Jaron Jackson and Luca and uh, DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, the Marvin Bagley pick has not worked out so far for Sacramento. Who could have predicted that that wouldn't have worked out? <laughs> But then you get into his range. And then yeah. and then in another year, <clears throat> he is sixth in Rookie of the Year voting. Sixth. So he goes from 35th ranked in his class with his mm -hmm. peers to 11th in the draft. Up to sixth in Rookie of the Year voting. Which yeah. is Luca, Trey Young, DeAndre, Jaron Jackson, Colin Sexton. After this year, he is, in some people's mind, the second best player in this class. Yeah. If not the, maybe the third, second or third. He's surely, surely top four. Yes. Like, no top one three. I think say. he's top three. Yeah, maybe there are some people that are still really high on Jaron Jackson. Um, there are guys that are really high on the under eight and still. I don't yeah. think that if you, if you, Ask Sam Vecini who's better between Shea and Aiton. He will probably say Aiton still. Um, not because of the production, but because of the ceiling and blah. So let's say top four. And, and one thing that I, I should point out, 
uh, we did draft analysis on that draft. And I remember spending a lot of time on Shea. Shea, like at the end of his Kentucky season, was not a top 10, like a sure thing, top 10 talent. In the no, draft. no. I do think that his range were, was from 8 to 12. I mean, he was not drafted late. He was drafted in probably where the consensus had him. And this is even better because he it wasn't clear that he had the same this kind of talent. And in one year, in one summer, like he showed in an immense development. And again, like the Paul George trade, Roy said it on the Dream Team. Shea was kind of yeah a piece that was nice to have in the in the in the Paul George trade trade, but the picks were the things that we really cared about. Yep. And in in a span of, I would say, three months, that was completely different. I mean, now those picks seems nice to have. And Shea, Shea is the guy. Shea is <laughs> the hope of OKC in two months. Yep. So even last season, I mean, probably like the management the management of the clippers would have made the trade in the same way maybe with like two picks less or, or even the same trade because sam has had so much leverage that they would be forced to do the trade anyway in, in with the same pieces but but still the evaluation of the majority of the the media guy and and even like coaches around the league was that 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 trade was good and the pick were a lot and shay yes but but Shea was not the main part. And in one summer, he goes from a guy that rarely takes shot off the dribble to a guy that can hit a pull-up from three, that can be the focal point of the offense, of an offense that that has like Shea, that has Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams. And yet, I remember the game in Toronto. Shea was the one with the ball in sense, mm. with the game on the line. And five minutes to go. Well, even five seconds to go. And it happened multiple times in overtime. I mean, yep. Shea is a big part of this team. And no one could have predicted that like a year ago. No one. Yeah. So, yeah. Huge development. And credit just to him and to his family and, and the trainers that work with him. Because he, he really has something. And like... Part of talent is the way in which you can develop. And yeah. Shea clearly has that. Or, or at least for the past two seasons, this is the story that we know. Yeah, and he's changed his game a lot. You know, yeah. every single year. And that's, so you go from 35th ranked. And, and like being 35th in the country is huge. Like that's a big deal. That's a really yeah. big deal. There are a lot of guys that are in that range that would have said great i'm completely satisfied with being the 35th ranked player that's amazing i can't believe that out of all of the players in high school basketball i'm the 35th ranked player he wasn't satisfied a guy named chondi brown ranked 33rd went to wake forest ever heard of him uh no. seems like he was satisfied matt coleman 31st ranked went to texas I mean, there's. A, I mean, I can go on. MJ Walker ranked twenty seventh. All these guys. Uh, MJ Walker will probably make it into the league, but but yeah, I oh, get yeah. what you're saying. 
I mean, I'm just Probably saying that, like, like guys it. that are here, Jalen Hands, ranked 20th. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just, a lot of these guys didn't get to that level, didn't get to the level they were supposed to. And Shea is continuing to climb. Trevon Duvall, who's a good player at Duke, sixth in this class. Sixth. Yeah. Yeah. And Shea just continues to be hungry and to keep going. So from 35th in high school rankings up to 11th in the NBA draft, up to sixth in rookie of the year voting, up to fourth at the lowest, depending on who you ask after this season. Yeah. And here's the deal. He's had another offseason. He had one. It happened already. It just happened to be in the middle of his third season. (laughs) But it happened. And the only precedent that has been set with Shea is to improve over every offseason in some major way. And so I don't know what to expect from Shea coming back. But if history is any part of this then I think we should expect him to be better. Because between high school and college, he got better. Between college and the pros, he got better. Between his first and second year, he got better. It just yeah. continues to happen. And the Thunder have had guys like this before. It's a great organization for him to be a part of because the Thunder have seen guys like this before. That have made. I mean, Russell Westbrook wasn't even in the top 100 for ESPN in his draft class. Wasn't even there. Yeah, it's it's crazy, crazy to think about. I mean, that. Russ's trajectory is even crazier than Shea's. I mean, it's if you look back at what Russ did, yeah, vaulted himself into the high lottery, and then everybody's like, "Ah, oh, that's that seems like a reach," and then now there's everybody's like, "Yeah, he's he's the number one guy easily." And there's it was everybody made mistakes, everybody else made mistakes by not taking him. Now, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Luca's in this draft class, which makes me feel like that probably won't be something that's said just because Luca's already an MVP candidate today. But Yes. But Derrick Rose won the MVP. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say it definitely. <laughs> it seems it seems a bit too much to think about that because Luca is is such a natural talent that it, it it is hard for me to, th- to think that Shea will be better than him. But again, yeah. it doesn't have to be. I mean, y- you take the 2003 draft and you had three great players. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if this is what this draft will, will end up being, even with four or five great players and Shea is one of them, he already exceeded the value of anything like in his in his history by now because i mean he he is in a trajectory that that is skyrocketing basically yep. um if he's able to hold on to that and improve even to a lesser degree for the next seasons he's in pace to be like a, an all-star and a, and a good all-star i remember um even more than russell westbrook that basically improve his production is like his stats and 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 everything uh i remember kd like one season after the other he always brought something new at the beginning of the season 
was the one leg J, leg J. Then the next year was the three pointer without uh, lowering hands. And like every season was yeah. something new about his handle. this game. His handle. Like you could see him working so hard every season and coming back with something new. And Shea did that this season. He had, like, he wasn't uh, a pull up threat from three. This season, you can see that clearly. And together with that, you see the thing that he was doing last season, doing it better, doing it to a, to a uh, with a higher volume, and plus the new stuff. This is this is a great great sign. Yep, it is. It is a good sign. I'm very excited to watch him. Uh, I expect big things from him as he comes back, just because that's been the normal for him. Every offseason, he gets better and better and better. And the guy is still very young. He just turned yeah. 22. So it's a, it's a big deal. Hey, before we go, happy birthday to Steven Adams today. Wow, Steve's birthday. Everybody Do wish Steven that... Adams a happy birthday. 27 today. Can he hit like a huge stake? Do you think that they can get to him in the, in the bubble like some huge chunk of meat or not? Yeah, I think that uh, Tilma Fertitta can make something like that happen for him. He's got some <laughs> some steak restaurants that are delivered to him. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, happy birthday to Steve-O. Hopefully he shoots some threes in real games. I know he's shooting them in practice, and they're taking pictures and making us all think he's going to shoot threes. I'll believe it when I see it. But I uh, hope you guys enjoy your day. Make sure you follow... McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, it's easy. Click the Purple Podcast app. Search Down to Dunk. Hit five stars. You are there. Make sure you listen to the Athletic NBA show this week. Some big, big names on some shows this week. Uh, make sure you listen to the Basketball Buds that dropped earlier this morning. Great, great show. Hope you guys have a great day, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.